You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, look, let's wrap up with the other uh, big names, I guess, that are going to be down in Mobile. There's so many, but uh, Jim specifically said he thinks Laitu Latu, the, the defensive uh, edge from UCLA, is going to be the top pick off the board. Uh, you actually disagree, not because you're like, ah, Jim, doesn't know what he's talking no. about. You just think there's enough talented guys that there's some options down there. And you're looking at Talisi Fuaga, the uh, offensive tackle out of Oregon. What do you like about both of those guys? And Because I, I think, you know, in a trade-back scenario, if you wind up with multiple picks in the first yeah. round, like that edge and right tackle – um, or even left tackle could absolutely be positions of need for Washington. Yeah, no, I think uh, so. I don't disagree. I think if if he had a clean medical history, because uh, Latu was a guy that medically retired from UW, they basically kicked him out of the program because he had a neck issue. And then he cleared at UCLA and resigned. So he was medically retired, I want to say, for like a year and a half, wasn't playing football, and then came back. And obviously, he won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. And it's not like, oh, this is the Pac-12. Like, he was – awesome like he is the most technically advanced pass rusher i've seen in a couple years like he just has every move he's got such a good feel he's got he has such good hands i think there's a little bit of a concern like in the scouting community about how he's going to test but like when you just turn on the film you're just like this dude's awesome he's fun to watch the second half of the usc game i mean i've never seen a more i literally and that this is not being hyperbolic i've never seen a defensive player be more dominant like they just could not touch him. They could not block him. And I think that's a skill set that's transferable. Like if he were to come to the NFL tomorrow, I think he's like a 10 sack guy, you know, and wow. I just because he's so technically sound. Now, can he play all four? Can he play all three downs? I don't know. Like, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the whole world. He's like 250 pounds, but I, I think he's very, very talented. But I think uh, Fuaga, the, the right tackle, like you turn on his film, he is big. He is nasty. He's strong as an ox. He's physical. He moves super well. And I just thought this guy is a top – he's a top two tackle, top three tackle in the NFL. And I personally like him a little bit better than the Penn State guy. Um, 
Fashanu, thank you. Yeah. So for me, like, I think he's probably going to go ahead because he's got clean medical. His tape's awesome. He's gotten better every single year. He's, he's again, he's one of those kind of mauling right tackles. And so I think he's probably going to go ahead of him. But I think the what I was, what I was also going to say that kind of supports Jim's point here is that edge class is so weak. It's really like mm-hmm. Latu. It's the kid from, it, there's a kid from Oregon, uh, not Oregon, from Alabama. Again, number 15 from Downstar. Alabama. Yes, who's also a good player, but I don't think his films is good. And then you're kind of like, who else? There's the Braswell kid who's a little bit stiff. He's got some ability, but he's kind of he seems like a role player guy. Chop Robinson from Penn State, who has a is a one trick pony. It's a dynamic trick now. He is explosive <laughs> off the edge, but not overly yeah. polished. Feels like more of a second round player to me. And so if you need edge help, you're in trouble. The thing about Fuaga is there's a lot of good tackles. Like I. Last year, we were kind of like, here are three or four guys we feel really good about. Here, there's like, I probably got six or seven, I want to say, that I would consider taking in the first round. Obviously, there's some fringe guys there from a technique standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint. So if you need edge, I think, and we were going to probably talk about this on a different podcast, I think that's a free agency thing more this year than it's ever been before. And I think if you want to tackle, I think you could feel good about like maybe a Tyler Guyton. You know, if he does slip to the second round, that 35th pick, he's... 6'7", he's 330 pounds, he's a converted tight end, he moves super well from Oklahoma, like I would be, I would sprint that in at 35 if he's if he's there. And again, is he going to be there? Tackles tend to get pushed up, I don't know, but I do think there's an opportunity to get like a a, a legitimate tackle prospect in the second round, unlike Edge, to, to Nagy's point. Yeah, it's it's going to be such a weird draft because I mean most mocks right now have three quarterbacks, three receivers going in the first six picks. That Absolutely. never happens. And the, so like all of a sudden, if you want a receiver, if you want wide receiver four, you might have to trade up to like nine. So let me just say this: if you if you want to trade for a receiver, don't do it. There are so many good receivers in this class. Obviously, there's Marvin Harrison Jr., there's Roma Dunze, there's Malik Neighbors, and those guys are disgustingly sick to watch it's so fun like so fun to watch them they're such good football players but then you're like oh there can't be that many good receivers in the class but then even the other receiver from lsu brian thomas jr awesome receiver from oregon i don't remember his name at the moment awesome there's like seven the two guys from texas awesome and you're like i can get a playmaker whenever i want xavier leggett we talked about him on the last show awesome coleman from florida state Awesome. There's to me, there's issues with how he separates. Maybe you kind of bumps him down boards, but you know, like there are just really good receivers in this class. I think it's reflective of the college game. So uh, unless you think that, for example, Roma Dunze, I've heard that some, again, I've talked to some scouts who like him better than Marvin Harrison Jr. And if you think that's the guy, maybe you trade up for him, but I just, I'm like, why? Cause there's, it's yeah. such a dense receiver class. It's like receivers and tackles very high. And then it's like, quarterback even to a certain extent but another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Well, that's it's, the thing. is like if yeah. eight receivers and seven quarterbacks go in the first round. Like, <laughs> everybody else is like, okay, there's only five edges in the whole draft. Cool, but one of them is available at 35 because 15 dudes involved in the passing game when the point. first, you know, 32 picks. Like, it's crazy. Like, it sounds nuts, but like, if... The, the top three guys, quarterback-wise, are going to be the top three guys. Yeah. The next three guys are probably all going in the first round. Yeah. Um, like, we're talking six first-round quarterbacks this year. Probably, but five, defini- five for, definitely five. five. Yeah. And whether it's McCarthy or Penix that drops out, yeah. but, like, Knicks and the top three are going yeah. probably top 17, 18. I got to look at who's got – let's call it top 20 for I'd sure. Say, no, I, for sure, yeah, tw- 20 for sure, yeah. Um, and if not, like, Knicks might – Knicks might challenge to go in the top 10. But, like, remember, we had Matt Miller on when he did his first mock, and this was super early in the process, like, even earlier than what we are right now, where we're still super early. He had McCarthy going, like, seven. So, like, there's going to be some scouts that love McCarthy and, like, some scouts that love Penix. And if the right GM likes those guys, we're talking about potentially six. And then does someone do the, hey, let's trade back in at 28 and to get the fifth-year option on a guy like Milton? Like, you could legitimately be talking – you're somewhere between five and seven quarterbacks in the first round. So right. that's fun. You're talking about eight receivers at least with first round grades. We'll see how many yeah, actually go. Probably, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah just did his seven first round. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and then, and then how many tackles? I think he had three. He had, no, he had so he had five tackles. You got Fashanu, Alt, uh, Fuaga. Fuaga, and he had uh, um, Morgan from Arizona. He had Guyton from Oklahoma. And then he had the then he had two guards go. He had Barton from Duke, and he had uh, the UW guy, the UW dub tackle who's going to move the so guard. So that's like twenty two of the thirty two picks. <laughs> that's a good point. That's quarterbacks, O line, and and receivers. So that's a great we point. We haven't even gotten to the fact that there's like a stud tight end in Brock Bowers. There's a yeah. couple other good tight ends. Like this this draft is like it is it's the like an anti bell curve. It's yes. like incredibly top heavy. Yeah. and incredibly shallow um relative like f- seven yeah. seven round wise it's shallow yes. Yes. so it, this is a bizarre draft wacky stuff is going to happen teams are going to want to get up in this draft and if you're a team that's willing to be patient on a rebuild like the commanders potentially i don't know how patient they're going to be they might yeah. look at this ro- like adam peters might get in watch the tape and be like these guys were coached like goobers <laughs> this this roster is way better than people think we can win this year and he might be like, let's get the pieces so that we can win now. And if that's the case, then they might be trying to get even more picks in this this top 100 than the five they have with a, a small trade back to acquire more capital. But if you're willing to be patient, and I don't know what 25 and 26 and 27 look like in terms of future potential first rounders, you know, people are going to want to trade up. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's an exciting thing. And I also think that as we've talked about, uh, outside of edge, it's pretty dense in a lot of the positions that the commanders need. The question yeah. is like, how do you do? And and you know, everyone does this. It's like, oh, you got to do quarterback at two, uh, and then offensive tackle at thirty-five, and then this position at, at, at the Bears pick. And it's like that's not really how it works. Right. But there is the the reality of like, and I in an ideal world, you yeah. get these positions at that spot, and and these are the players that fall. Yeah, and I do think the other thing that I, I was watching running backs last night, and it's like it might not be a deep draft from like a talent standpoint. Like, there's no like bell cow running back. But I watched six running backs last night, and I was like, all these dudes run sub 4-4. They're all good, tough runners, and they're all explosive play weapons. And when you took a look at, like, needs for the commanders in terms of, 
you know, Antonio Gibson leaving, everyone's like, oh, what are we going to do running back? Like there's six dudes that'll be around third, third to fifth round that are explosive playmakers. So I think that's the other thing, like the composition will change as the draft moves on, but I still think there's good football players there that, that you can maximize some of that later round stuff. And ultimately it comes down to like the, especially those later on guys, do you know what to do with them? And you know, we saw the Puka Nakua Jersey behind, uh, behind Jim and in, in the interview. Uh, and you know, that's a great example, but also, you know, if Ben Johnson winds up here, like what they knew how to do with Jameer Gibbs, like yeah. that's a great pick in the first round for Detroit because Ben Johnson knew what to do with him. And yeah. if he's coming here, he's like, all right, I need my Jameer Gibbs. And that guy's not going to be a first rounder. He's going to be a, a fourth or fifth rounder. But right. if you get the right guy, like could be a, a tremendous day one weapon, uh, for them, or you know, if it's someone else, whatever offense they're running, whatever defense they're running, if you know, if you need a certain kind of box safety hybrid player for your defense to uh, Brian Branch, if you're Aaron Glenn, yeah. you know, you maybe Quan Martin's your guy, um, but who's who's that guy? And so those targeted type of picks, the later you get, where you just say, what are the strengths of this player that fits a need for us in a very right. specific square peg, square hole kind of way. Um, that becomes that becomes exciting later on in a draft. All right, next week, Logan will be in Mobile. So obviously, we'll be talking draft. We will talk some free agency, though, too. Had a great conversation on the radio show with Brad Spielberger from PFF. Definitely worth checking out uh, if you're looking for something else to listen to or watch. Uh, go check out my interview from the Hoffman Show with Brad Spielberger on kind of the, the contour of this free agent class because the commanders, on top of having great draft capital, have 70 plus million dollars in cap space to spend. Uh, so Logan and I will get into some of that as we move forward as well. Obviously, the latest on the coaching search. Uh, plenty to talk about all off season long here on Take Command. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you're new to the show or just haven't yet. Uh, make it easy on yourself to consume the football knowledge and we'll see you next week on Take Command.